Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about Colleen Hoover. If you have not heard of her, she is basically like a romance novelist author, and she has exploded on the scenes. Her books in a year have literally sold more than the Bible, which is like the best-selling book of all time. Like We are talking millions and millions and millions of copies, and women are just absolutely devouring them. But the reason we're talking about them, because she is slightly controversial with her very spicy scenes, as many like to say. And the thing is, is that Christian women are just jumping on this bandwagon and just like, oh my goodness, Colleen Hoover, her books are absolutely amazing. You have to read it. And then other Christian women are like, oh really? And then they're reading them and they're honestly kind of shocked by the content that that is inside these books. And so we're going to take a step back and say, hey, as Christian women, are these books, just because they're flying off the shelves, are these books something that we should be consuming? Are they helping us to live as God-honoring women and having pure hearts before the Lord, single and married? Let's jump in. What's up, sisterhood? It is Kristen and Bethany here. Welcome back to the Girl Defined Show. For those of you who are new, yes, we are sisters. No, we are not twins, but we are both passionate about God's design for women and understanding what his timeless word says about how to live our lives as godly women in today's day and age, which is exactly what the topic is that we're covering today. But I have to tell you, the most hilarious thing happened as sisters. This actually happens a lot. We met the other day and the same thing happened. I show up today to record and I walk in and I look at Bethany and we are wearing the exact same outfit. Like I am telling you, the pants are from the same store, same size, same everything. And we're both wearing the same black shirts, the same white teddies. And we walk in and just stare at each other like... How does this happen? We don't even live in the same house anymore. It's so weird how this happens all of the time. And you might be like, well, if you buy the same clothes, I mean, it is hilarious though. Like I okay, just, but this is the funniest part is how you ended up getting yeah. those pants that I, I know. So they're these really cute sweats and I never, I didn't even know about them. I wasn't even going to buy them, but then my sister had bought them as a Christmas gift for Kristen, but found out somebody else had bought the same ones. And so she texted me like, Hey, do you want to buy these sweatpants off me? Cause I don't need them. And somebody else had them. And I was like, okay. And I tried them on and I loved them. So it's like, I wasn't even trying have these sweatpants and now we are just twins to the century and the most hilarious thing is that we used to both have the exact same type of dog too like they were both these little cute white multi-poos and lord she's fluffy she actually died in the middle of one of our oh my gosh you bring it up it was so sad she got this shocking disease it was so sad but my dog we're willing she'll stay strong for a little while it's crazy but shout out uh, to all the dog lovers out there honestly though the lord knows because my husband the longer that my little fluffy has been passed away the more he feels free to express how much he hated fluffy because he inherited her as part of the marriage yes i had been he didn't want her no i had her as a single and fluffy brought me a lot of comfort as a single because you just like need a companion um yeah i think it's great uh and i yeah i just think the lord was like this is too much for your family and fluffy is now in fluffy heaven wherever that is whether it's with the dogs or just gone or dogs in the dirt <laughs> we don't really know she's she's there oh but one day one day we'll get yes, another okay, one something else we both have in common is that we like to read yeah we both uh, really like to read and i love to read fiction and nonfiction. we actually totally. love to write books too except you don't really love to write <laughs> We write books together. Too. Well, okay. One day, this is actually Dave. He is has been reading through our newest book, which we can talk about Woo! soon. Um, it's going to release year. later, the fall of 2024. And he was reading it, and he was actually saying, like, "Wow, you write, especially the sections that are, I guess, like more 
like I don't know story like or novel um, I don't know how you say that like yeah like just stories stories you often write those and he was like wow she's actually like really good at that and he was saying like <gasps> he could see you writing like a series or oh a book God. and I was like oh yeah she always dreamed of writing like books like Little House on the Prairie or something but like about our family and I was like maybe she'll actually do that one day and so I was saying if you read in our book any stories that are like that like really story driven they're probably written by Kristen that is so, oh that's a sweet yeah it was a really sweet okay. compliment well I do love a good novel I will tell you like if I am into a story that yeah. is a compelling novel. Historical fiction is probably my favorite like genre. Yes, I love I that. I love like compelling stories that are based on real events in history, but it's like fictional, you know, so you just feel like, wow, you're immersed in that era. You really like learn what's going on and you just relate to the yeah. characters in different ways. So reading is something that we both really love and obviously something a lot of people loved, but people love, but it is a lost art in some ways. But yeah. here you have Colleen Hoover what a lot of people are saying is she is reigniting their love for reading. Like I've seen comments like that online. Like I, I wasn't even reading at all anymore. And now I'm obsessed with these books and I am reading them like crazy, recommending them to all my friends. In fact, a friend of ours recently asked for book recommendations and this was like something someone was like, you've got to read this Yeah. Yeah. Like on, you know, on Instagram, people are always like, I've got any good book racks and then (laughs) everyone gives them to you and you're like, going on a trip. I need a Yes. It's like the place to go. And I've seen this multiple times. So yeah, this is actually, yeah, we were having this conversation, Mm -hmm. a friend and and she said that oh like this book specifically was one of Colleen Hoover's books was recommended by this really great Christian woman that she you know was friends with and admired and has like a big following and everything and so she was like oh like I really respect her and admire her like it's got to be like a great book and so she said she started reading the book and she was absolutely shocked by all of the sexual content all of the mm-hmm. like erotic scenes um very 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 sensual very sexual all of that and she said it was just so bad that she like she was like, this is, and she's single, and she's like, this is not helpful for me in any way. And she just decided not to finish it. But what she said was so shocking is that there are so many huge Christian influencers, yeah. Christian women online who are raving about these books and basically saying, like, these are the best things ever. Like, can't wait to get my hands on the next book, you know? And yeah. she she was saying, like, as she dug into this, she was just like, what? What is going on? And now, we will confess from the beginning, neither of us have read mm-hmm. any of her books. And that's, you know, like, for me, very... Very intentional for you. You didn't really. You haven't. You're not I, as familiar yeah, with I'm Colleen Hoover. Familiar with her, but I mean, I know how these things go. Where it's yeah. like someone hits the scene. I remember this with Fifty Shades of Grey, which isn't in the yeah. exact same category, but a book where it's like a series that just explodes yeah. and everyone's talking about it, and it's like Christians are having conversations, and some are for it, some aren't, and everyone has their reasons. And I feel like this is similar. We're yeah. seeing seeing a lot of like online discussions of Christians kind of debating back and forth, like it's awesome, no, it's not. Should we read them? Should we not? And so we just want to engage in this conversation, totally. Like whether whether we've read them or not and whether we ever will personally based on what I'm hearing and reading and reviews and stuff it's probably not a genre I'm going to jump into yeah but we want to just unpack like why or why not and like what does God's word have to say about these kind of things yeah I do want to read this quick little bit about Colleen Hoover and her books because if you're familiar with her or not I think you'll find this absolutely mind-blowing this was actually back in 22 so I think her books have exploded even more and sold more than this but this is still pretty shocking so this is on um, Relevant Magazine and they say a new report from NBT Bookscan found that romance fiction author, so that's kind of how she's categorized, Colleen Hoover has sold more copies of her books than copies of the Bible this year. And the Bible is like always the best-selling book. As of August 27th, Hoover had sold 7.3 million print copies print copies in 2022, compared to 5 million copies of the Bible. The Queen of Book Talk currently holds 
four of the top 10 spots on the New York Times bestselling wow. list, which is absolutely yeah. insane. They report, they, the report comes just a few weeks after, and this is really interesting. A Gallup study found that only 20% of Americans say the Bible is the actual word of God and is to be taken literally word for word. Hmm. A large number of respondents say said they believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, but not everything in it should be taken literally. This is interesting. While a rising number of Americans said they see the Bible as a collected book of fables. And get this, Hover's place on the bestseller list highlights a potential new trend that Americans are more interested in words of fiction than reality. Almost like this escape. You can you can live in a different world. You don't have to face reality. You can live in this fantasy world. And just for a minute, you can escape the realities of life, which is so interesting yeah. how they connected that to the Bible. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really know if I want to accept the Bible as being like real. I kind of would rather escape into this other world. Yeah, well, it's relatable, right? I mean, how many of us have really busy, hectic, stressful lives. Like that's yeah. many aspects of our life are they're hard. And like in the seasons of motherhood, like there's a nitty gritty daily grind that's beautiful and God glorifying, but challenging. And so it, it's yeah. not surprising to me because I know my own heart too of like, wow, do I enjoy a small escape of like, oh, just escape the reality of the laundry and the busyness and the life and just have a moment of like enjoying a fake, like a fictional story that's really interesting, that's gripping, that just like (gasps) draws you in. Like, I get that. Like, I can see why these are captivating women. Yeah, but I I think there's a way to do that in a healthy way. Like, you can relax and rest your body and like, but there's also, I think, an unhealthy way. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's great. (laughs) I'm saying I can relate in the sense of like, it's not surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's not surprising to me that this genre, that her books that are highly captivating from everything I've read about her, they're highly captivating, very well-written stories from a lot of people's opinions that really draw you in and you're just getting attached to the characters and you probably just feel like you're right there in the story. And then they're very erotic with scenes that are very erotic. And so, of course, that like stimulates you and excites you and just like, ooh, gives you this thrill, whether you're single or married. It takes you to this place that's not reality. And it's like a little roller coaster ride you know it's a thrill and it's an escape but the question you're bringing which is such a good one is is it a healthy escape for us as Christian women is does the Bible have anything to say about what is healthy and edifying and worshipful for us to read as Christian women or is the Bible just silent on this topic I mean Mm -hmm. that's what we really want to get after is our hearts as you're considering should I read these books? They've been recommended to me. I'm in the middle of reading one. I'm not totally sure how I feel about it. Um, we just want to have this conversation. Like we're right here in yeah. this with you to say, let's look at God's word together and kind of work through some of this. Yeah, I actually love this quote by Elizabeth Elliot. And it kind of, as we were talking about this, I was like, oh, this actually kind of relates, you know? So mm-hmm. Elizabeth Elliot She's is so good. a godly woman who passed away a few years ago, but just well-respected by people all across the Christian world and non-Christians alike, just for her incredible story of faith and missions and all of that. And so Kristen and I love her books. If you haven't read them, they're great. Mm -hmm. But she says... Elizabeth Elliot says, the fact that I am a woman does not make me a different kind of Christian, but the fact that I am a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. And so we are specifically talking to Christian women in this episode, because the fact that you are a Christian should make you a different kind of woman. So as you see these books flying off the shelf, as you see women recommending them, you have to say, like, I am not just any woman, like I am a Christian woman. And that should change the decisions I make. That should change the way I bring content into my life. Like, it's not just a, oh, whatever, what the heck, let me 
read that, it's really popular. No big deal. Like, no, God has given us his word. He has given us like instruction on how to glorify in him on, on what's best for us, on what's healthiest for us. Everything from sexuality to his design for roles to womanhood to sexuality, like all of that. He has stuff to say about that, not because he's trying to squash us. He's the big bad God in the sky who wants to just like destroy our lives yes. and make us miserable, but because he is our maker and he knows what's best for us and he knows how we can thrive and how we can function well and have healthy relationships and thrive in singleness, all of that. God knows because he's our maker. And so it only makes sense mm-hmm. that we would say, okay, I'm going to put a pause on this, whether you've read the books or not. And maybe I'm going to go to the word. Maybe I'm going to talk to some godly women and see like, huh, how can I process this? How can I actually make a decision that I believe is truly honoring to the Lord and actually good for my functioning as a Christian woman? And so we're just challenging you to mm-hmm. put a pause on this and really consider it from a biblical perspective, from a Christian perspective. And we have some scripture we, we want to unpack with you, but I just want to encourage you, like, don't just go along yeah. because everyone else is doing it. Don't just be, we talked about this kind of like a coasting Christian where you're like, okay, like I'm a Christian, but it's kind of a name only. Like, no, be serious about your faith. Be serious about the fact that you are a Christian woman. And so that should make you a different kind of woman because of the the title that you are a daughter of God. Like you are different. You live for a different purpose. You live for a different like reason and allow that to, to, to impact the decisions that you make. Yeah, I know for sure. So I was reading this article online about someone who was basically posting like should christians read these books or not like christians like yeah, yeah, Christian christians. women, not just like oh are they good or not you know regular review it was specifically like should christians read so this person had their own take and it was just interesting reading through some of the comments because these are probably very accurate for how a lot of you are feeling on either yeah. side but just a couple so one woman responded and says as a christian i love her books for the plots but have a hard time with the spicy scenes for the same reasons you do the person who wrote the article was you know raising some red yeah. flags about the spicy scenes Um, But she said, I love that she has real life issues, tough issues in her books, blah, blah, blah. And she goes on. So this person saying like, I love them. Like the the plots are really like the plot is really good. And she addresses real life issues, but I have trouble with the spicy scenes. Okay. Someone else said, I thought this was really funny. They just said very short as a Christian. I love spicy books. I have no shame in it. Oh, wait, wait. Hey, at least own it. If you're going to do it, at least be bold. Like don't. Don't try to hide in the closet. I would love to dialogue a little more with this person. Like, tell me more about this. So it's just interesting. I mean, we all, people have, we have all sorts of opinions, right? But what does God's word say? Like you're talking about, like, let's get into Philippians. Like, let's look at some scripture and really ask ourselves, like, entertainment is fun, but where do we draw the line as Christians to say, is this edifying to my heart? Is this like God glorifying? Is this drawing me into a place of worship, single or married? And we're going to actually, in a minute, I would love to talk about the specifics of like in singleness and like how we even handled in our singleness. We we talk about this in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. In singleness, some of our own journeys of like wrote like Christian romance novels and kind of how we got into that genre and like got out of it and like the reasons why. And then even in marriage, in our book we have a section all about erotica in our book sex purity and the longest of a girl's heart same book we have a whole section on erotica and just really posing the question like a lot of people will say like oh erotica like reading eroticism um, books with erotica in it is really healthy for christian marriages because it like encourages the spiciness in your marriage but there are some really godly Christians who have a different take on that. And we've written some of that in our book as well. And we want to share some of those things too. So, yeah. I mean, diving into scripture, yeah. I feel like Philippians is an awesome place to start because Philippians 4 
very like great passage to just use as a filter to say when I'm approaching these extremely popular romance novels, like what does God's word say about the importance of what I put into my mind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was really impactful for me, especially as a single woman. So Philippians 4 was the passage that I went to. I'll read it to you and then I'll rewind and kind of share why this made such an impact in my life and actually why I got a big black trash bag and threw a bunch of books in it and Ooh, took it to the garbage. So Philippians 4, uh, Philippians 4 uh, 8 through 9. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard or from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So rewinding back to when I was single, um, I... I I kind of like in my heart was like, okay, I don't really want to dig into like secular romance novels because I know they're probably going to be filled with like really, you know, sexual content. But I decided, you know, the Christian category, the Christian romance category, like that's fine. I mean, they're Christian romance novels. And so I started reading different books that I was getting and doing like exchanges with friends like, oh, I got this one. Let's exchange it. And after a while, I realized like, wow, this these romance novels were creating such a heart of discontent inside of me. Like I was becoming so restless in my singleness. I was becoming so like anxious, like, oh, like I just wanted a man. But my reasons for wanting a man were just kind of driven by this like lust filled romance that I was consuming. And I kind of wanted someone who would make me just like be kind of all about me and these scenes that I was seeing that I could like kind of live out with and just really struggling with a lot of lust and sexual thoughts. And for me, it really narrowed down to like, wow, the biggest change that I've made is I started consuming these Christian romance novels. And so I went to this passage in Philippians where it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure. And when we think about God's design for sex and intimacy, like, is this lining up? And the more I was looking to the scriptures and just really praying and evaluating and thinking about how these romance novels were impacting my life and how they were impacting even just like what I was living for and why I was living for. I mean, you all know, like sometimes you get so into like you're just living for the next chapter, the next chapter, and then it finishes and it's like, okay, what's next? What what book can I dive into next? And it, it can just become this like unhealthy cycle where you are just getting deeper and deeper and you kind of need more and more to get excited by it. Um, a lot of people have said it's like, you know, call it like mommy porn even. Like it's kind yeah. of like this very addictive, almost like pornographic, like mental thing oh, yeah. that we can get into. And so for me, I just... I decided, you know what? Like, I cannot have these books in my house anymore. Like, I cannot be reading these. This is just not good for me. This is not helping me live like a honoring life to the Lord in this season. I am becoming very discontent and my thoughts are just filled with things that are not like, you know, where in Psalms it says, create me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That was like not me in that moment. And so I got a big, big black trash bag and I grabbed all the books on my shelf that were anything to do with like, you know, the romance, anything like that. And I was like, you know, I just don't need this temptation on my shelf. I don't need these in my life because this is just not good for me. And so I put them all in there and I drove down to like a random dumpster, like at the end of our street, like behind like a random school or something. (laughs) And I just chucked them in there and it was so freeing. Y'all, it was amazing. And I just kind of opted out of any more book swaps or anything like that. I didn't like make a whole stand like, why is everyone reading these? You know, but for me in that moment, Mm -hmm. I could have, but for me in that moment, it was really more like I needed to make this decision 
ultimately before the Lord, because that's ultimately who I am living for. And my purpose is to glorify him. And yes, I can grow and share. And I've been able to do that, like with the Girl Defined platform. But in that moment, I, I wasn't necessarily like trying to change everyone around me. I was trying to like do the right thing before the Lord as a Christian woman. And I don't know, maybe my choices did have an impact on some of the other girls around me. Um, but the per- point is, is that you have a responsibility to honor the Lord for mm-hmm. yourself. You're not responsible for everyone on the internet's, you know, choices. You're not responsible for all the Christian TikTok influencers who are like, hey, you have to read Colleen Hoover. Like, that's yeah. not your responsibility. It doesn't matter if millions of books are flying off the shelf and selling more than the Bible. That isn't the point. The point mm-hmm. is, what is the decision that you are making? And is it is a decision that is truly honoring to the Lord? I want to challenge you to open up Philippians 4, 8 through 9 for yourself and really just dig into that. You could dig into the whole chapter and really say, God, like, are these choices that I am making to consume this content honoring to you? Are the books that I'm reading fueling a heart that wants to live for you, that wants to glorify you, or is it doing something else? Um, So it's just a really good challenge to go to scripture and ask yourself if you are living as a Christian woman and really in line with God, what Mm. God has set before us. Yeah. And sexual temptation is something every single one of us faces. Like it is these books for you, like you're saying for you at the time in your singleness, those books were presenting sexual temptation that was drawing your heart towards impurity away from holiness, away from worship and actually fueling not only lust, but discontentment for the season of life that God had you in. And so to recognize that and to be willing to say, I don't need this. In fact, this isn't helping me in my walk with God or my heart before the Lord, my heart of worship. And so boom, I'm just going to get rid of it. I, I don't need this. It's not an essential part of my life. There's plenty of other things I could read that would be more edifying for yeah. me in this season. And so like, it feels radical. I'm sure like a black trash bag, like, <laughs> dumping it in the dumpster. Like, whoa. It was so freeing but though. It was a choice of obedience that you knew for your walk as a Christian. That's what needed to happen. Yeah. Um, that was one of the steps toward freedom. And sexual temptation is something every single one of us face, whether single or married. Yes. The enemy is after us. He does not want us to walk in holiness, to walk in purity, to honor the Lord, to protect our marriages, to guard our hearts in singleness. Like that is not what he wants for us. And so he is actively after us, tempting us and trying to derail us and destroy us. I mean, that's his mission. So we have a free resource, a downloadable that you can get right now that we would love to give you something that was personally, the content inside of this are things that we used, use in our own lives and in our single life. And it's something that we want to give to you to say, hey, you're not alone in this battle against sexual sin. God's word has a lot to say. Philippians 4 is a great place to start. But if you want to dig deeper, download this free guide today. It's called Battling Sexual Temptation a biblical toolkit for Christian girls. Again, it's a free downloadable. You can go right now to girldefined.com slash battle, girldefined.com slash battle, and you can download that and you can begin getting a battle plan, you know, not just like putting things off. Like Ephesians four talks about like putting, put sin off, renew your mind with truth, walk, like put on the right thing, walk in the truth. This is one of those things you can put off what, you know, the Lord is calling you. That's not edifying for you. You can renew your mind with truth with Philippians four, and then you can walk in what's right by getting a battle plan by actually knowing how to battle sexual, sexual temptation in your life. And we pray that this resource will be a blessing and a help for you. Girldefined.com slash battle. But I want to talk a little bit more about the single girl, since we're kind of like on mm-hmm. the topic you were sharing in your singleness. Like, yeah. what are some other things, thinking back to your single days and even now, that you would say like, hey, just cautions maybe yeah. to the single woman as she's considering these books, reading these books, um, just even romance novels, erotica in general. Like, what are some cautions you would have yeah. for the single woman, the Christian single woman? Yeah. Well, I, I actually want to read this other quote from Shauna, this, that that's not her real name, but we're just going to say that's her name. She actually shared this as a single woman. And mm-hmm. I thought it it's kind of similar to what 
I was sharing. And I, I think this will help set up like what are those like some of the issues so she said honestly it feels so good to read erotic stories and now we know like Colleen Hoover's books are like romance novels but a lot of the content in there is erotic like let's just be real Um, honestly it feels so good to read erotic stories at least in the moment but I know from personal experience that after the fact I feel so empty and satisfied I feel guilty I get so angry at myself because after each time I pray and repent and cry and ask the Lord to help me stop but then I keep doing it I find myself excusing and justifying it and then I'm in the same place again but I really want to stop reading this stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the the things that can happen when yeah. we consume content that is so against God's design for us. Like it doesn't, it's not pushing us in a more peace-filled, God-glorifying, healthy, like uh, enjoyable place in life. It leaves us like this, like dissatisfied, like restless, just, uh, you know. And I remember talking to um, Dr. Julie Slattery from Authentic Intimacy. Mm-hmm. We've had her on the podcast several times. And she was saying that like for single women, so often the sexual struggles that we face are often uh, caused or not caused, but they can be fueled by this lack of purpose, by this restlessness. And so when you don't have a lot going on in your life and you're like, okay, I guess I'll read another novel, what can happen is it can just like make it even harder. So that can flow into maybe a struggle with masturbation, or now you're actually turning to pornography, or, you know, you're just laying in bed fantasizing a bunch, or, you know, even the type of man you're desiring is less of a godly man and more of, you know, it can, it can really impact other areas of life. Um, It can just, you know, really impact your thoughts throughout the day, you know, and instead of being able to really focus on why you're here and what your purpose is, you find yourself constantly wanting to escape back to those stories. And so I think as single women, it's really important, like you were saying, not just putting off, but having a strong purpose for why you're here. So for me, I threw all of those books in a big black trash bag and, you know, threw them in the trash can. But I also made sure that I was moving forward in a direction like mentally, emotionally, and physically, like with my actions, that was actually like filling my time with things that I knew were good for me and that were actually glorifying to God. So volunteering with like a kids program at my church where it required me to go and actually pour into and invest into others and actually share about the message that I knew I should be living. So actually going out, you don't have to be perfect to do that. I was very imperfect, you know, like teenager and early 20s impacting these other young women. But it was huge because when you have to sit in front of these, you know, young women and they're looking up to you, it's like, wow, it really challenges you and kind of keeps you accountable to living the life that you're preaching before them. And it forces you to like be in the word because you have to like, you know, help them and guide them. So that was really huge. Getting involved. I remember I started coaching like a basketball team, a, a girls basketball team. It was like sixth grade or seventh grade. And one of the things I did, I loved basketball, but I incorporated doing like a book study with that. So we went through, I remember actually it was back in the day, we worked through Lies Young Women Believe, which is an awesome book for like teen girls. Um, and so things like that, they were just like good purpose filled. And that gave me so much joy and satisfaction because I was like, hey, I'm actually using my time and my life to impact and make a difference and pour into rather than just escape into this world and become Mm. more and more alone. And I think that's a problem with these romance novels. Um, The more we dive into them, we can almost become like, separated further and further from reality, which that article in Relevant Magazine talked about. Like, we don't want the Bible, the real. We kind of want the fake. Um, And I think that even shows with how like, this is a side tangent, but just, like, the the fake that we see, like, you don't even know, like, is that someone's nose? Is that their eyes? Is that their body? Like, you literally don't even know. Are those are those real body parts? Like, you, it's like, who even knows anymore with all the cosmetic surgeries? Like, we want to live in this fake world, and we're literally willing to, like, alter reality, what we post, what we share, how we edit. Like, we're literally willing to change things. Um, Okay, another tangent is, <laughs> I have so many tangents. So, I am not a huge fan of TikTok, but I recently got on there because I've been having tons of problems with Instagram for, 
like personal stuff. And it's absolutely insane. When you open the app, just the generic video, like when you open it to, to take a video, it's automatically filtered in a way where you just look so much better, you know, as far as like your like skin looks smoother. Yeah, you can't change wow. it. It's like you just think you're using the camera, but it's actually like totally filtered. Wow. So when I open it there, even just compared to Instagram, I'm sure Instagram has that too, but it's way less strong. It is literally a shocking difference. My husband saw a video that I posted and he was like, did you want to filter this to this? Because I had like no makeup on and stuff and it looked like, oh, kind of like I had foundation and stuff on And I was like, no, that's literally just the TikTok app. And it just wow. goes to show you like people want to like mm-hmm. alter the reality of even how we look like we don't want to live in reality. And I think because it's scary because mm-hmm. we don't want to press into why am I here? What is my purpose? What are these struggles that I'm facing and how can I actually deal with them? How can I go to the Lord and like actually seek help? Like, what do I do with sin? How can I find freedom in Christ? What does the gospel mean? Like, those are big, hard questions, like the questions of all of life and people don't want to face them. We'd rather self-medicate with a little bit of porn, a little bit of erotica, a little bit of escapism, um, a video that does well on Instagram or TikTok. And then we just kind of go from thing to thing to thing and hoping that it will just kind of get us through. But the reality is just like I read that comment from Shauna, like it leaves you empty. It doesn't mm-hmm. leave you satisfied. We all have to go to bed at night and fall asleep and wrestle with the real questions of life. We know our hearts. We know what's going on on the real, on the inside. And I mean, if you just think of all of the medications that's being prescribed from depressions and all of this, like those aren't them, but just like the amount of depression and anxiety that's yeah. increasing, I don't think that these, you know, these books are helping with that. And so I think that as hard as it is to face the realities of life and ask yourself, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you pouring your time into? I know that's difficult, but it's so worth it because that actually leads to life in the way that God designed in a way that actually could be truly super satisfying and actually a life worth living in something that you love. And for some of you that might seem like I can't even imagine, but I promise that it's possible because we're promised that in Christ, like in Christ at his right hand are pleasures forevermore at his right hand. That's where satisfaction is found. And so, yes, life will not be perfect on this earth. And until one day we get to heaven, that's where everything will be perfected. But we can still find immense satisfaction, immense peace, immense just joy in Christ despite our circumstances. So it's not about getting a million bucks or having a better life. It's about (laughs) getting to know the Lord and actually find true satisfaction in Him. And that's not something you're going to find in the Colleen Hoover books. Yes. Amen. And we can recommend some books that will help you find that. And that is one, the book we've already mentioned, which is Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Really digging into God-defined sexuality. If you are struggling beyond just the freebie that we give you, you're like, I need so much more. I need a worldview shift. I need to understand my greater purpose, these desires in singleness and marriage. Then that book will be so encouraging, so eye-opening. It will press you into the word, into your relationship with the Lord. It will help bring together your sexual design in a holistic way to help you understand like it's not a bad thing. God actually has given you your sexual design as a means for you to worship him and to glorify him in singleness and in marriage. But how do I do that? What does that look like? We unpack all of that in our book. We also have another great recommendation, Love Defined, oh, which yeah. if you're in that season of singleness that Bethany was just describing and you're like, I do feel like I lack purpose. I feel like I'm just trying to escape constantly. I'm bored. I don't know what to do with my yeah. life. I'm longing for marriage, a relationship romance. So I'm escaping and kind of getting it in these novels. You have some excellent chapters in that book, specifically on thriving in singleness. Like being single And actually learning how to not just be content, like, I guess I'll just be content with the season, but like thriving in the season, meaning like you love it, you're enjoying it, God is using you, you're glorifying him, you're worshiping him, it's purpose-filled. So that's another one, Love Defined, for the single woman. I mean, if you read Sex Purity and the Longings of a Girl's Heart and Love Defined, and you take a break from Colleen Hoover, like... 
I think God will use those in amazing ways and transformative ways for your heart and your walk as a Christian woman. I mean, can I just like, I wish I could make you do it. <laughs> no, it's I, true. I mean, it's that, it could be that life-changing for you. I am serious. So get them, get your hands on them. Girldefined.com yeah. slash shop. Get them free from your library. Borrow from a friend. I mean, we yeah. really don't care. We want you to read these totally. books because we truly believe in the message that much that it will be life-changing yeah. for you as a Christian. Okay, let's shift gears and talk to the married Yes, woman that's what I was thinking. Because we've talked a lot to the single woman, but I remember that transition. Yeah. And this is something I've talked about a lot, but in my singleness, I did struggle with masturbation. That was a big struggle for me. I share, there's an entire chapter on this in Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. But I remember thinking... Yeah. When I get married, all of these struggles, like I, I had conquered the struggle of masturbation. The Lord brought me to a place of freedom through his word, through accountability, through prayer, hard work, like by his grace, I was at a place of freedom from that particular sexual struggle. But I remember thinking prior to marriage that any of like the thoughts that I had that would fuel my lust in singleness, like the fantasies and things in my mind, that all of that would just go away when yeah. I got married and it wouldn't even be a struggle anymore. And I think that's a big misconception totally. in the Christian community that it's like, save sex for marriage, save sex for marriage, like sex is for marriage, which is true. But it's almost this mindset of like, once you get yes. married, sex will fix everything. <laughs> like it will make all your struggles go away, all your temptations, anything you wrestled with prior to marriage will just poof will erase because now you can enjoy intimacy within marriage okay any married woman can raise their hand right now and say like that's not true that's not how sexual struggles work they don't just automatically go away so I remember getting married and like definitely enjoying sexual intimacy with my husband learning growing working through struggles there like the beauty of that gift like it was amazing in so many ways But what caught me off guard were some of the struggles that I still had in my heart. Some of those same like fantasies or thoughts that would drive me toward masturbation and singleness were still like popping up in my Mm -hmm. mind, even at times of intimacy with my husband. And I remember wrestling like, wait a minute, what is going on? I'm not supposed to have these struggles anymore. So for me, it was a real eye opener early on in marriage that as a Christian married woman fighting for purity as a married woman was just as important as fighting for purity in singleness, yes. which was not a mindset that I really had. Cause like I said, I thought there would just be this magical quick fix. And so scriptures that talk about, um, like you had talked about Psalm 51 10, which is David's prayer after he commits adultery with Bathsheba and he confesses the sin to God. He cries out for sexual purity saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I remember in marriage that being a cry of my heart of saying, Lord, like I want to protect the marriage bed. Like you call me to, you know, in marriage. I know, Lord, that intimacy is something so valuable and so important with my husband. I want to fight for that. God created me a clean heart, created me a pure heart. Lord, help me to fight these temptations of these thoughts. And I remember... There were some like really popular Christian romance novels even going around at that time. Not the ones we're talking about today, but other ones. This was like 10 years ago. (laughs) Back in the day. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, in singleness, maybe these weren't so helpful, but in marriage, like these will be fine. But even for me in marriage, like I have to be honest, back then, those romance novels, although they weren't super erotic, like the ones we're talking about today, they were still drawing my heart away from pursuing true intimacy with my husband because they were providing a little bit of an escape for me. Mm. It was like a little bit of like a, a sexual thrill that didn't include my husband. That was just me and this book and this story and this couple and this scene and this moment. And I remember 
realizing like, and feeling convicted, like this is not drawing my heart into deeper intimacy with my husband. Like, I don't know if I'm actively sinning or lusting, like I'm not even sure. But what I do know is that I don't think this is very helpful for me and my relationship with my husband. So even in marriage, I remember in that season, making that choice of like, I don't think this is good for my heart right Mm. now. I don't think this is drawing me into deeper intimacy with my husband. And that is something that in Sex, Purity, and the Longest of a Girl's Heart, it's like such a long title, um, we talk about for the married woman is really recognizing the need to not only actively pursue purity in your own heart, in your own mind, but to fight for intimacy in your marriage. Mm, Because like mm -hmm. we talked about the enemy, he wants nothing more than to kill and destroy us and to destroy our marriage. There's the very things that are a reflection of the gospel of Christ and the church, that beautiful, pure, faithful relationship. The enemy wants to destroy that beautiful picture that marriage paints of the gospel. And so he wants nothing more than to create a rift in a marriage to destroy the intimacy between a husband and wife. And he'll do that by whatever means possible, right? And so for us as Christian women, not taking things casually, like, oh, yeah. everyone's reading, you know, these amazing books. They're so awesome. Oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, the steamy, the steamy scenes. I'm not totally sure how I feel as a Christian if they're like good for my heart, but really evaluating Philippians 4 as a Christian married woman saying, is this lovely? Is this pure? Is this drawing my heart? Is this creating in me a pure heart mm-hmm. before the Lord? And is this drawing me into a deeper intimate relationship with my husband? Is this helping me fight for intimacy with my husband? And I know for me, even what I was reading, which is probably pretty mild compared to these books, it wasn't helping yeah. me draw into an authentic, intimate relationship with with my husband, but was drawing me away from him into a fantasy world. And so just something to consider in marriage, like yeah. is what I'm reading actually fueling intimacy or kind of drawing me away from it. Yeah. So we just want to challenge you, like whether you, you know, agree with us or not, we want to challenge you to take some time to really dig into a Christian resource on Mm. God's design for sex and intimacy, single or married. And obviously we would recommend Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, where you can get anywhere. You can even listen to it on audio. Um, And I want you to take time to dig in for yourself. And that will take you to scripture. That will help you to understand scripture as a modern woman, um, and that is ultimately the most important thing. And so if you're like, it's really hard to know like where to go in the Bible, in Sex, Purity, and Longings of a Girl's Heart, we're going to have tons of scripture in there for you to dig into, mm-hmm. a free study guide that's included. So I just want to challenge you, instead of picking up another Colleen Hoover book or some other book like that, some other novel, just take a small break, read Sex, Purity, of the Longings of a Girl's Heart, and mm-hmm. just see what changes. See if you are you have a different conviction by the end. See if your perspective on sex and intimacy changes. See Just, just see what happens. So that's our final challenge for you. Take time to read that book if you haven't. And if you're really brave, invite some of your girlfriends to do it with you. Invite, say, hey, post about it online. Everyone's going crazy posting about Colleen Hoover's book. Like, post about books that actually can help you as a Christian woman understand God's design for sex and intimacy. There is a study guide with sex breaks, so you can do it on your own totally. or with a group and you can dig into the study guide questions and have amazing conversations. Imagine if Christian women were yeah. gathering like you and your friends meeting at a coffee shop and like quietly discussing the content of this book. Totally. Like, oh my goodness. It would be life changing for you and your friends. Yeah. yeah. Great challenge. We would absolutely love it if you would leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It makes such a huge difference and because millions of women are reading the Colleen Hoover books and we know a bunch of them are Christians, we want this episode to get out not because we have all the perfect perspectives, but just as a challenge, as a, hey, maybe stop and think about this. And so if you like this, um, if you are like, yes, I want this message to get out there, this was convicting for me or challenging for me, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, letting 
letting us know what you think. We love the reviews. We love to read them. And if you're like, hey, I'd really love you for you to tackle this pop culture issue or this yeah. really popular thing, please leave it in the review and head on over to our Instagram at Girl Define, where you can get daily content to really encourage you in your journey as a Christian woman. We love you and we will see you again next week.